Greetings, Evil Boy Genius here, and welcome to another episode of the Off The Tools Collective podcast, the podcast for smart subcontractors sick of being ridden ragged by douchebag penny-pinching clients. Bottom line is this, if you're selling shit to the domestic market, fitting bedrooms, bathrooms or kitchens, or balls deep in extensions and renovations, and you want to attract the best clients on demand, sell to them way above market rates, and have it all happen hands-off on an autopilot so you ain't stuck to your phone like a cold-calling cockwomble, then put your feet up, pin your ears back and pay attention for the next few minutes and then take action because this shit will not do itself. Take it away boys. I'll tell you what Marvin, you've not managed to fuck up for a whole week that's something for recording it, mate. <laughs> Pat on the back buddy. Yeah, can you reach that far? Oh, I can nearly reach that far now my yoga is fucking brilliant, I tell you. I'm enjoying the yoga too. Yeah, I mean, the, the squats in particular, I mean, until you, normally it's, it's easy to say, oh, I feel better and I feel like I'm walking better and not so much aching in my bed when I'm lying there at night and things, but that's really almost subjective. You know, it, it's just how you feel. But when I got into the gym, my squats are definitely lower and so is the remaining deadlift and my form is better. And I've also noticed today and, and last week, well, early this week, my bench press is a lot heavier and a yeah. lot easier. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing um, 110 kilograms. And it, well, of, course, of course, it's hard, but it, it's not as hard as it was, and there's no shoulder pain either. Um, so it's working. It's fucking epic. A few, few better things in the world than seeing visible progress and then feeling that progress and how it's bettering you. Not many yeah, things um, better in the world than that. I remember when I first started working with Phil, which is nearly five fucking years ago. Jesus. 2016, July the 3rd. Yes, yeah, so it's nearly five years ago. Well, four and a half years ago. The first couple of weeks, and I expected it, no, didn't move the needle at all. No weight loss, nothing. And even though I knew why, because you've got to get these things dialed in, you've got to get your, your macros right. Even though I expected it and knew it was coming and Phil had warned me about it, even though I knew it anyway, it was still fucking frustrating disappointing. Mm. Not to the point I thought, oh, Phil's no good. It was just that, fucking hell, get on with on, will you? Yeah. But of course, that's the stoic thing. I've got an example of where stoicism comes in because it's a case of, you know, the actions work. Focus on the actions and not the results. So we just drop the calories a bit more, up the cardio, and we hit my groove. And within four, five months, I had a six pack. Could have done it in three and a half, but I was injured and I was traveling. So I missed a, probably missed a month. Um, and it's great. And like now, what's really cool is I, I think I was dieting about a year. I got down all over the summer. I've maintained it since. I'm a little bit, I'm probably at about 12% and I want to be down at about 10. But that's that's fine. I mean, when it comes to the summer and stuff, I'll, it can take me no more than a month to get down to where I want to be. That with the yoga and getting stronger is, is a superb position to be in, especially at fucking 56. You're going to be one of those fucking, I don't know what they call themselves, but they like pride themselves on how strong their core is and they're all fucking really low fat and they do these weird things on pull-up bars and shit. Aero- something aerobics, I-, I believe maybe it's called. Oh, it's calisthenics. Calen- 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 that's Calen- exactly. But yeah, calisthenics. Uh, well, that's what I'm going to get into. Yeah, I mean, I'm not there. Yeah, I'm yeah, not- I can see you doing it. I, can see I don't you have the mobility to, to do that right now. I just don't. I can't even get my, I can't get my shoulders back far enough to do a proper Olympic lift. If I go more than about 70 or 80 kilograms, it starts to pull me forwards. I can't get it right back enough, but it's coming. It's getting there. But once my mobility is at a point where I can usefully do it, I'm going to do that. Yeah, and I'll be doing the fucking handstands and the hand balancing. Well, why not? Why the fuck not? I mean... Those guys are fucking nuts. I've watched a few of the the videos of various 
I'm never going to get to the point. I mean, there's one guy who keeps popping up on my fucking Instagram, and he's in some ways it's disingenuous because he's a fucking 15 year trained uh, gymnast, and he's about probably in his 30s. You know, I'm just not going to get to that stage. But he's selling his program as if you can, and you just can't. I mean, you just—it's almost not. Having said that, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm being Maybe I'm. Well, no, no, I don't mean I could get there. I think that'd be highly unlikely. But maybe his target market is guys in their twenties and thirties who stand a damn good chance of getting there. Maybe I'm being a little bit solipsistic, thinking everyone's in their mid fifties. So perhaps I'm being unfair. Is it a Facebook ad? Uh, it's, it's Instagram, so it's an ad. Yeah, so it's, it's an ad. Yeah. So, so he is allowing people under sixty to see the ad. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing is, I mean, people have said all kinds of things. Some say you never get to that stage, which is probably true. But the thing is, as I've already proven, if you don't, yeah, we can all improve. Yeah, cool. And the thing is, if you don't do it in in five years, say I didn't do it, the, the time's going to pass anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, a bit late in life. But the thing is, I'd rather hit sixty with better mobility than another five years even fucking tighter. Yeah. So you know, it's not about chasing youth; it's about chasing longevity and health. Yeah, flexibility is really important for that. Yeah, there's a speaking of triage, as we often do, there's a guy who's got a very simple test which can predict your percentage of longevity over the next five years. And it's as simple as being able to get up without off the floor without using your hands. It's, it's, it's frighteningly accurate, which I can do, by the way. So I'm not, you're not getting rid of me yet. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, I'm enjoying it. Also studying French, as you know. Ooh la la. Yes. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. The reason I said uh, the geezers allowed, well, the reason I was curious about whether it was an ad or not, and Instagram, Facebook, yada, 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 and I stated, well, he's allowing you to see it if you're under the age of 60. It's just a typical marketing mistake. I'd I'd assume and hope he's running those ads himself and he's uh, not got an agency doing it for him. But with fitness products, you change the message with the different age groups. I've had clients before in the fitness. Hope so exactly yeah you fucking hope so clearly not you because you've seen it and gone ah i can't do that which probably most 50 odd men would so it's a typical case of where he needs to segment segment that audience Uh, messaging definitely i mean it's not i could be wrong and maybe i could achieve that but it's it's unrealistic Mm -hmm. you know it's not i wouldn't say it's impossible but it's unrealistic it's the the bar is too high for me to even attempt it i won't attempt calisthenics whatever however it's pronounced because i will but to his level no i'm not going to buy his program because it's just i don't want to do that having said that there's a woman who, who promotes a yoga thing and she's very clear about you need a certain level of proficiency already yeah. well that's great because that shows ethics integrity ethics integrity and i bet her conversion rate is much higher yeah yeah because she's calling out a specific type of person it's no different to us saying you know internally right they need to be earning x amount and need to have x amount cash on hand each month in order to implement our shit and for to get the best results from us you know you have to be at a certain level depending on what program you want to get into yeah of course if you uh, if you offer peanuts then you attract monkeys don't you exactly that if you don't offer a higher quality kind of offering um, and that includes the bait if you like then you, you just attract shit Throw yeah, come into the water, you attract sharks, you know. But I mean, the worst kind of clients, because let's face it, things like things like weight loss and fitness, and even mobility and stuff, it's an easy sell because most people are all of these or a combination of some of them, you know, unfit, overweight, stiff. People's mobility, my mobility is awful, and it's an easy sell because I think everyone knows inside it's hard work. 
yeah, we all know. I mean, I, I, and I quite a few of the, to, to their credit, quite a few of the fitness guys on, on Instagram post this. I mean, there's no secret, there's no shortcuts. It's eat lots of protein, eat fewer calories than you expend, do minimal cardio, cardio, lift weights, and eat decent food. You know, it's five simple things you can do, and it works. I mean, yeah, you, there, there are some tweaks and things, and you need to play with your calories sometimes. Of course, you know, and the leaner you get, the harder it is. But that's all it comes down to. But everyone wants to think, I think everyone wants to believe there's a, a magic pillar, a weird little fruit you can eat before bedtime to burn off a pound of fat a night that's not how it works and that's not how any of this works i get really irrationally angry when <laughs> i see these women buying these fucking fit tea products and you know sexy coffee and it's, it's they're just laxatives yeah, <laughs> fucking laxatives really pisses me off <laughs> my girlfriend sent me a link saying oh i'm gonna do this 30 day cleanse or something oh, it's no. gonna help me lose weight and i went darling Darling, I'm going to speak to you nicely because, because you know, you, you're my partner. But here's what I'd say if you wasn't. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> yeah. If you weren't my girlfriend, here's what I'd be telling to you right now. Yeah, and uh, she she took it well, and I didn't pull any punches. <laughs> and uh, she, she did her research, and she realised she was being rather stupid. And then I... my mum came home one day with some coffee, and <laughs> I just shook my head, and I said, you're, you're over the hill anyway, love. Oh, well, I got that went down well, especially she's fucking younger than I am. <laughs> but I mean, like I say, it's an easy sell. And, and often, fat people are desperate. Yeah. And desperate clients make the worst clients. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure there will be exceptions, but for the most part, desperate clients are panicked and they're irrational like a drowning man, you know? This is why if you're going to save a drowning man, you throw him a lifeline, you don't dive in after them because they'll drown both of you. The problem with, with a desperate client is they come to you. Have I mentioned the banana skin to you before? I'm sure I probably have. You probably have, but I'll tell it have. again. I'm not sure I've mentioned it on the podcast. They come to you with banana skin. And that is they throw something, the banana skin your way, and they want to trip you up on it. They want you to take the fall for them. So they come to you with a sob story. And they're not being disingenuous. They don't mean to do this. They are desperate. This is what I mean. They're, they're irrational. They're, they're overly emotional. They will promise anything. They will promise anything. Any amount of money you ask, any, any commitment you ask, just because they're desperate to get the problem solved. And you think it's great. You think they would be Gary Halbert's starving crowd, but... They're not so much the starving crowd as the ravenous, fucking almost dead of hunger crowd who will do anything to survive. And they make terrible clients because they will go overboard. I mean, a good example is the weight loss thing. I remember a friend of mine, she just got in, she was, she was overweight. She just got into a new relationship. And this guy, she, she wanted to get slimmer for this guy. And she was saying, yeah, I'm going to work out seven days a week until I puke every single day. And I knew then that wasn't going to happen. But she was desperate because this guy had mentioned her weight. And she didn't want to lose him. So she was overcommitting to something which was, was just not sustainable and, and indeed unhealthy. So desperate clients are clients to avoid. They sound great. They're an easy sell and they'll promise the earth. But, you know, they are fucking walking disasters. I, I had one once and I didn't realize how desperate it was until he starts messaging me. He joined my inner circle. We've kind of gone back about 10 years now. He starts messaging me saying, oh, all this panic stuff. And when I started giving him answers, and this was, this was in the, the discussion email list, he starts getting really passive aggressive. And, re and I realized then he actually wants me to solve his problems for him, but not pay me for it. And I actually, in the end, I kicked him out because everything I suggested was, oh, yeah, but I've got, I've got staff to pay. I can't afford to pay you or anyone else to do this. So it's almost like I've got staff to pay. That's my problem. It's now your problem. I want you to solve my business problems so I can have a good business. Then I'll pay you, but I'll also be able to pay my staff. And I thought, this is just poisonous. So I kicked him I, out. I hope he died uh, or something fucking horrible. <laughs> but I. 
fucking hate that group of people. It's usually the ones that they're desperate. They're usually poor. They're frustrated because they can't buy one of those fucking shitty courses that are £997. They always say, I don't get it. If they really believed in their course, they'd give it away for free. And then when I've got a successful business, I'll pay them back. It's oh. like, you dumb fucking idiot. You're I mean, going to be poor forever. It sounds a great idea. And as, as, a, as an up-and-coming copywriter, that's what I've got a lot of people saying to me. I've got this great idea. I'll provide the product. You do all the copywriting and we'll split the profit. It sounds great on paper. And indeed, I know one or two people have made it work once or twice. But it's never really worked. I've never really done it. But it's, I've gone down that route before and then stopped when I realised it wasn't going to work. And then it took me a while to figure out why it was, wasn't going to work. And it's, it's simple, really. I was the one carrying all the risk. They already had the product. Mm-hmm. And so there's no vested interest in them. Because you, you say things like, well, let's do the sales letter this way. And I don't want to do it that way. So they try to micromanage it. Yeah. Now, they're not necessarily desperate clients, but they are pretty shit clients. But desperate clients, yeah, they will promise you the earth. And when it comes to time to pay, because often they haven't got any money, that's why they're desperate. And when they do have the money, they don't want to pay it. I could have done this yeah. on my own. You didn't have to do that much. Yeah. And because yeah. you've not taken any payments up front because they didn't have any fucking money, you're stuffed. The worst. I used to get messages all the fucking time in my Facebook ad days saying, hey, man, do you want to do a profit share for Facebook ads? Half, oh, yeah, no. It, yeah, no, no. <laughs> and you the, fuck off. <laughs> half of them were shitty, like, life, to, life coach style people who thought they could NLP their way <laughs> into, <laughs> into, into my pants, into my client book. And uh, the other half were just shitty drop shitters, drop sellers selling shitty drop Chinese shitters. products that, you know, do I see anything wrong with it? Um, not really. Is it something that I want to be involved with? No, yeah. it's not. It's, there's no honor in that, which sounds quite strange because uh, most of the products are in China and whatnot, but te- letting someone buy something and not delivering it for two months when it's a £10 product because it needs to be shipped from fucking Shueng Fei. Yeah, it's not something to do, and then the profit margins are pretty shit. Yeah. But I saw a thing on that. I saw a thing recently in the news about some 16-year-old kid who's got a million-pound business on Amazon drop shipping essentially and all credit to the guy i'm not knocking him but as he did point out but the the, the journalist obviously glossed it over he said this isn't a million pound profit i'd imagine yeah. it's probably about 10k you know one percent <laughs> you know? okay, not, not, not knocking him but there's always a gold rush isn't there recently it's been yeah. fba because they're like look if you've got a hundred pounds you can buy these widgets off Alibaba, you can give them to Amazon to hold for you. You make a one-page website to make it look like you're a legit company, and then you sit back, passive income, you know, 200% market. It's like, you fucking... That's not how it is. No, I mean, there are probably three or four people in the world doing that, and they were the early adopters, and they are legit doing that. But Yeah, the early adopters. It's a little bit like the fetish blog I had years ago. I was the first one in that particular fetish niche, and we owned it. Still do. But now, if you wanted to get into it, you'd you'd really struggle because mm. big fish have taken over. That's just the way it is, you know. Well, I could I'll tell you what. Uh, this doesn't piss me off, by the way. Before anyone thinks it does, it's just a, an amusing story. I could and should have gone into Bitcoin right at the beginning. If I had, I would be a multimillionaire by now because I remember talking about Bitcoin to this guy as a friend of mine when it was new, and I just didn't because I didn't understand it, and I I, I still made the right decision. I don't get involved in businesses I don't understand. As it happens, I'd have made loads of money. So you, you might say it was the wrong decision, but it wasn't. It was the right decision. Well, I, 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 I don't advice. regret it at all. I just don't. You know, it's just just one of those things. On the but, contrary, yeah. John, 
you've said that to me many a time don't get involved in businesses you don't understand i was going to get involved with the the stock market with this whole GameStop and amc shenanigans i did make money on the amc side of things but i didn't get involved with GameStop because the risk was higher and good fucking job i didn't because when i was interested it was 200 it did shoot up to 400 but i wouldn't have sold then and it's now 60. anyone who couldn't see this coming is an idiot i do know a little bit about stock market i've worked in it for a while um on the on the system side but I, I got to know the traders and how things work but i it, i don't understand it enough to, to dabble in it i like property your dad's in property and um, a few of my friends are and they say to me you, you've got a, you know a few k hanging around a few tens of k hanging around why don't you invest in this project we'll manage the whole thing and I say because i don't understand it mm-hmm. i also I, i'm also self-aware enough to know i could understand it if i wanted to but i'm not interested in it so i won't so i could go into the project with honest intentions and all good intentions of learning it. But I also know I'd get halfway through and get bored and probably lose a lot of money. I know myself and I'm that honest with myself. I'm not going to say the equivalent of, yeah, I'm going to work out till I puke seven days a week because I know I'm not. You know, that that's the kind of level of commitment it would take. So I'm, I'm quite happy doing what we do. Um, and we've got our plans, as you know, but I'm, I'm happy doing that. Besides, I ain't always about money anyway. But yeah, anyone listening to this, when you get a client come to you and they are desperate, really listen to what they're asking you to do. And... Watch out for the banana skin. They, they'll take this problem. They'll say, I can't, I want, what they're saying in effect is this, right? Just to fucking paraphrase it into a, to what people are all, or what the message boils down to. I've got this problem. I can't afford to pay you. I want you to bankroll this so you can help me and then I will pay you. Yeah? I want you to take my problem and take responsibility for it. That's what they're saying. And if you do, I'm telling you now, you will almost always regret it. You'll, you'll regret it so frequently, so often that the one time you might not, isn't worth worrying about yeah the way to deal with it because because the other side of this is when people come to you and they're desperate it's human nature to help yeah it's human nature not with me because i'm not empathetic <laughs> but i'm just not i mean i don't catch their emotions i don't catch their desperation i don't i don't catch their their fear of what might happen to them but when they come to you like that and you're thinking shit yeah let's really let's all muck in let them, we're all in this together let's help these people don't do it the way to, to avoid it when someone comes to say i want your help i can't afford to pay but i really need your help now I've got this problem. The answer, again, in effect, you want me to change the wording. So they're like, man, that really sucks. Well, let me know how that goes for you. And that's it. Throw the banana skin back. That works for things when people come to you in business and, you know, they are on the ropes and looking like they're going to go bankrupt if you don't fucking work for free for them. Even to say you are on the PTA and a, and a mother might find you and say, I've got to take, get it. I've got 300 children to get to, to get to the zoo next week and I volunteered for it. And I need help now. You know, that's the same banana skin. And again, that sounds like a real problem. Just let me know how it goes for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's not much more. Yeah. And, you know, they might try and guilt you into things. But as we heard this morning from Holly, we won't go into detail. People will try to guilt you into things. But it's up to you. So, you know, I know it's difficult, for, more difficult for other people maybe than it is for me to avoid getting sucked into their emotions. But it's your choice. And even if you can't avoid getting sucked into the emotions because of emotional contagion, it's your choice how you act on them. Same as any other emotion, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And you should never feel bad. You're never obligated to help people. No, people, I mean, you tell you really, what, you'll feel, a, you'll feel a damn sight fucking worse if you help someone out and then it all goes pear shaped and you're out a lot of money. You'll feel a damn yeah. sight worse. Because not only will you feel bad about the money you've lost, but you'll feel foolish. <laughs> and you'll be saying, fuck, I wish you'd listened to John and Connor. Yeah, drought. Yeah, these desperate clients are the fucking, they're the worst. They, they also say things like, oh, um, can we start the work tomorrow and I'll pay you Thursday, for example? Can we start Wednesday and I'll pay you Thursday because that's oh. when I get my next paycheck or this, that, and the other. And they'll do everything. No one ever has said that and meant it. No. <laughs> ever. Uh, 
You Don't just reply, reply well, we'll get started Thursday then. Yeah, we'll start Thursday, it's fine. Yeah. And there's no need to be awkward about it or anything, but just say no, we'll start when yeah. you came in. That's the deal. Yeah, we, I mean, yeah, we start that. actually reminded me of, of a guy, it was, it was before we moved to Ireland, so again, that dates it to at least 13, 14 years ago. He got in touch with me and he wanted me to do this thing about helping him promote his business. And it was a profit share. And I just, I thought, oh, fucking hell. So I asked him anyway, well, give me the details. Turned out it was something was selling on eBay. That itself is a fucking big red flag to me. <laughs> you know, you're selling on the eBay. That's the fucking meat market. That's horrible. And then it turns out he didn't actually own this product. It was owned by him and his wife. And he was getting divorced. Because then he starts saying things like, no, and can we figure a way to split the money so it doesn't appear in my name? Because I want—I don't want my wife getting her half because the lawyers are after me. And I'm thinking, this is just getting surreal. You want me to, to basically collude in fraud? And I just said, tell you what, mate, you let me know how this goes and you get back to when you've got the money to pay my fee. Legit, above board. How about that? And that was it. I never heard from him again. Funnily enough, it's one of those things, I guess, when you, you know, if it sounds too good to be fucking true, it probably is. Uh, and and I, the, I, you heard the thing like you can't cheat an honest man. And I often wondered what that meant. And I understand it now. It's, it means you can't cheat an honest man because an honest man doesn't want something for nothing. Yeah, because they're honest. Yeah, you, you can't cheat me by doing a, a fucking better than sounds too good to be true profit share or something else or opportunity because nearly always that involves some kind of dishonesty. And I'm not going to do that. I think everyone in the world of business has been proposed ludicrous profit shares. I remember I was I was 19 years of age and I was like, yeah, all right, I've got a good meet in here. There's this 60-year-old fella. Uh, it sounds really dodgy. Uh, we arranged to meet at this hotel uh, in the lobby uh, to talk about his company and this, that and the other. And it was a total waste of my time. It was... A recently and I found this all out after it was a recently incorporated company and he lied to me he said he'd been doing it years and it was he, he he was charging something like three grand for these packaged holidays to Africa and when I asked him why he did it he said he loved black women <laughs> I was <laughs> the reason but but why is he selling packaged holidays that he's not going on just because he loves black women it's oh, just I'm, a weird I'm fucking answer quite partial to black women myself and black men, to be fair. I mean, <laughs> Idris Elba, would, I would not fucking climb over Idris Elba to get to you. I'm telling you that now. Anyway, this creepy 60-year-old, <laughs> wispy-haired, perverted, strange old man in a Holiday Inn hotel lobby. Was that me, by any chance? <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> I wasn't to but the rest of it. <laughs> it does. He, he, he's small as well. And I said to him, right, okay, I don't think I'm going to be able to take you on because um, I'm not confident I'm going to be able to sell packaged holidays to Africa. Uh, it's not a market I've operated in before. To be honest, I just didn't want to ever speak to him again. And he said, well, just out of curiosity, was you thinking of charging me? I said, what do you mean? He went, well, can you not see the opportunity in this, Connor? I was like, what do you mean? He went, well, I thought you'd be so enamored with this. You'd, uh, you'd do it for free and uh, I'd pay you when we're in profit. <laughs> yeah that sounds great i mean the thing is it does sound it, it sounds like a great idea it sounds like the, the logic is flawless and the logic is flawless where the flaw comes along is human nature humans are fucking lying greedy fucktards um, and to someone young again you know i wasn't young i was probably 37 when i started in the biz so I, to me it, it sounded like a good idea then it, even at 37 i wasn't worldly wise enough to realize that it was a scam straight away I never went down the route. I don't think I ever lost, lost any money on it. And I don't think I ever did anything 
I don't remember do, getting involved in a project where it, it cost me any time or money beyond the, a chat. But yeah, it, it does sound very tempting. It's almost like the same kind of thing when people say, you know, you come and play in our pub for free and we'll get great exposure. Oh, God. And I tell you what, you give me free beer and I'll tell everyone how great it was. It's fair, isn't it? Right. And that, that sounds great on paper, but it's a load of shit. It just, it's not how the world works or not in any sensible kind of way anyway. So, you know, avoid desperate clients because they How do will, you avoid uh, them? How? How do you avoid desperate clients, John? Well, it's almost like we keep repeating ourselves, but there's a reason for that because form follows function. How do you avoid de- desperate clients? Rules and boundaries. Funnily enough. It's not some shiny widget. Thing that I can install on my website and in my life or a pill. No, there's there's no fucking special NLP trick. You can wave your fingers and do funny things with your eyes and make them confess their sins. You know, I'm afraid there's no language construct for this. It's simply, okay, you can't watch their body language, see how their eyes are moving. That's all bollocks. Just have rules and boundaries. One yeah. of them is, if it sounds too good to be fucking true, it probably is. Yeah. I think uh, the nothing- don't get involved in businesses you don't understand is a good one. That is a good one. It's because a very good one. The, the devil is always, always get paid in the for detail. your work. The devil is always in the detail. Yeah. You know, people have, have come to me before. In fact, there's a guy now, he, he wants to to grow like a membership thing. He, he doesn't want to join foundations because he doesn't want to be in a group of people, which is, I understand that. And I was thinking, well, how can I help him one-on-one without doing it one-on-one? And it kind of occurred to me, I probably can't easily because it's so involved there's so so much detail it's it's easy to say on the surface of it oh it's easy you put up a website and you get your message right and then you get people on you give them a lead magnet and then you sell them but how do you do that well there's so many subtleties involved that's why people like you and me have a fucking job if it was dead straightforward i mean don't you know 80 20 applies here so yeah raise your prices but you get to the point where if you want to raise them even further it requires different kinds of language in your sales process different stages in your sales process different kinds of positioning how do you do that? Well, that depends entirely on your situation. We take each case on its merits. That's why people pay us a fuckload of money to be in main building elite because they get that extra detail from us, that one-on-one. Well, you yeah. can't do that just by reading a book. You can't get that level of detail. It's, it's all comes from experience. That's why we get the big book because I've been in it for 20 years nearly. You know, And there's probably not a situation I've never come across by now in someone's business. Even to the extent I might say, you know what? I've come across this before and I didn't know how to fix it then. I don't know how to fix it now. <laughs> You're on your own. No, seriously. <laughs> and this is what happened to them. They died. So good luck. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, avoid taking on desperate clients and other bad clients by having rules and boundaries. The easy way to do that is rather than focusing on, here's, here's, the, here's a shortcut to do it. Rather than having a set of rules which say what you won't tolerate, have rules to say what you will tolerate. They, they, they say that there's a kind of tongue-in-cheek description of tongue-in-cheek definitions of socialism capitalism or free society in a free society everything is permitted and less forbidden and in a socialist society everything's forbidden and less permitted yeah well i suggest for the one time in my life the one the only place i will say is when it comes to your rules in your business everything's forbidden unless you permit it so you only allow certain behavior you don't disallow behaviors yeah there's a yeah. subtle difference there but again that difference is subtle but huge and i suggest in your rules and boundaries rather than saying what you will not tolerate Talk about what you will tolerate. And that means the kinds of businesses you will tolerate, the kind of behaviours you will tolerate. 
Yeah, for me, it's as simple as if someone will not take my instructions of this is how we communicate, email only, we don't talk, but they keep pushing like someone else, and we don't do it. I had one guy say, I don't, I don't want to do email, I, I prefer talking. And I just said, well, that's unfortunate because I'm autistic and I prefer writing, so it looks like... <laughs> You know, it's never going to work. And that was it. Never heard from him again. Well, fine. I'm not, I don't care about that because that was it. That's my boundary. So this is the one time I'm going to say this. Take the fucking prohibitive view, the prohibition view. Everything's prohibited unless you allow it when it comes to what you would accept from clients and, and your rules. And people should be writing these things down, even if it is blatantly fucking obvious. Yeah, you I might mean, feel silly, but you must state the blatant fucking obvious. Until you become okay with it, write these rules down and stick them on your fucking screen if your screen's big enough at the, at the side or something and remind yourself of them. You know, people think nothing... Here's, this is how bizarre it is, right? People, the, the advice often, and people think nothing of it, you know, they don't think anything anything strange about it, to, to write your goals on a piece of paper and carrying them around in your pocket wouldn't work for me, I don't think. But yeah, if it works for people, and it is good, good sound advice. Well, what's equally sound advice is to have your fucking rules written down on a piece of paper and carry those around in your pocket too. <laughs> How is that different from a goal? Because it's basically saying what you will and will not allow in your life. Well, that's all a goal is really. A goal is aspirational. Rules are what? Pretty much the same. There's not a lot to choose between them. No, and they're just as not important. really. Right? So if you've got rules, write them down and fucking carry them with you. Remind yourself of them every day. Hey, didn't they do that in Christianity with the Lord's fucking prayer? Isn't the Lord's prayer about a set of rules? Yep. We should do that. The foundations. No, we, we are that. not doing that. Mind you, I've got the prayer for the EBG. Have you seen that video? I've never. No, I haven't. I'll send you the link to it. Yeah, we've got the prayer send for Send me EBG. that. Send it's me done, that. It's, it's done in the same tone and cadence as the Lord's prayers. Our EBG, your <laughs> team court. <laughs> that was done by my elites on my 50th, I think. I want a little chant for foundations now. We will get paid. We will get paid. <laughs> No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> if you want to do that, I'm not getting involved. I, I avoid anything to do with that kind of group mentality. Chanting, it, singing. It involves art. Scares um, me. I never, scares me. I never want to get involved with fucking another proper artistic type in business ever again in the rest for the rest of for as long as i live so i will not be endeavoring on that because it mean dealing with fucking musicians or something. Well, they're so precious, aren't they? I once was approached by a guy in the States who was a famous sculptor. I believe him. I know nothing about sculpting, so <laughs> I wouldn't be able to say it. But he actually said, and this is how thick my skin is. I didn't take offence at all. He said, I'd love to work with you, but you mustn't tell anyone I'm working with you because your tone and your, the way you do these things is really embarrassing and people would hate me for it. They'd hate you. So if I work with you, you can't tell anyone. And I just fucking laugh. I don't care. You pay my fee. I'm not precious about it. And then, funny that funny if he was one of these people who said, "Oh, I was going to pay you out of the profits," kind of thing. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, that was one of oh, those. Yeah. So that being said, I never want to deal with another artistic type ever again. Oh, no, no, people with artistic temperament. I Tell guess. you a funny story. My mate, my best mate Tom, we've been friends since we were four years old. So it's fifty-two years we've been best friends. And one of his cousins is an actor, and they have these big family dues at Christmas time. And my mate Tom is is is. His cousin's an actor, and he's sitting at the Christmas dinner table. And he's being all lovey, you know. Oh, would somebody pass me the good gravy, please? And his uncle was a maths teacher. And apparently his uncle slammed his knife and fork down. And said, For fuck's sake, will you shut up? And he goes, well, I'm an actor. And he says, I'm a fucking maths teacher, but I don't sit at the table doing sums, do I? <laughs> Tom said it was one of the funniest things of his fucking life. 
<laughs> I'm a match team. <laughs> I don't sit at the day with a fucking sum. Bless him. That's fucking funny. Yeah, I hey, nothing, I like artistic people, uh, just not in business. Not in business. No more. No thank you. Oh, I neither like nor dislike. I just take them as individuals, you know. I like them as people. I, they tend to be more liberal for the most part. I, but, uh, I, I find it hard to get it on with anyone who takes themselves really seriously. And I think yeah. often artistic people do. Yeah. I mean, it's a classic. It's, again, this is almost a cliche, but art, artists and musicians, with, with exceptions, artists and musicians, for instance, tend to take their art and music so seriously, I think it should sell itself. Yeah. You know? I not take any criticism of their work. No, no, and it doesn't work like that. We know that doesn't work. Like that. And, and you know, Vic, Vicky's son and his partner, his bloke, and if they're married or not, but his bloke, they make. I believe they're making more money now than they've ever made before before lockdown. And they're because they're they're taking EBG type principles and turning it to live over Zoom or whatever it is they fucking use broadcast shows, folk music and stuff. Appies is happy as pigs in shit. Now, take the other side of that is I'm a big fan of techno, as you know. And what I see on SoundCloud is lots of the techno fucking DJs and producers basically saying, oh, please support me because it's really tough. Well, why, aren't they, why aren't they doing what they should be doing like these guys are, marketing themselves, doing for you know, pay-per-view raves? And okay, so it's a rave in your living room, but for fuck's sake, that's better than nothing. If these guys can do it, they can do it. And, you know, it's not as if it's even untried or unproven. How many years have Sky been doing pay-per-view? Yeah. Decades. It's big business. I mean, how much do they fucking make with a world heavyweight title? Million, tens oh, millions. of millions, hundreds of millions? Yeah. Millions so it's, it's a proven fucking model, you know? I, I would probably pay to watch some people. I mean, there's one lady, does it? Her name's um, Charlotte DeWitt. She does, like, techno sets, so the castle in Ghent in, in Belgium. And it's, there's no crowd, but she records a live set, and it's then streamed on YouTube. She's doing it probably how she should be doing it. She's doing it, you know, live sets for pay. Well, why aren't they all doing that? Why are, they, why are so many of us sitting there going, oh, it's really bad, please support me? No, it's not a fucking charity. They well, are what's, desperate clients. They're called Wheel and Barrow, aren't they? Or something like that. Nine Barrow. Yes, that's it, Nine Barrow. They do more than just pay-per-view. They make, they make it whole events, don't they? They send out like running orders. So, they, yeah. they do little boxes and shit, uh, merch and... Yeah, 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 yeah like, so it's there's you know you, you can just pay for a ticket to watch the show, but they're also selling experiences. What sells? Well. They've exactly. taken the EBG Kool Aid. They've drank well. Was it wasn't Kool Aid, was it? It was Flavor Aid. The Kool Aid thing is a, is a myth. It was Flavor Aid, but they've they've drunk of the Flavor Aid. They've come to the McCulloch Jones. You're such a cunt. Everyone what? says Kool Aid, and you just want to be correct, so you're saying Flavor Aid. Oh, excuse me for being fucking correct. Yeah, but it's the saying's the saying, isn't it? But it's wrong. Yeah, but it's a saying. It but he's still fucking wrong. He's not cool, aid. It was flavor aid. Yeah, but you're going to say, oh, they drank the flavor aid, and people are going to be scratching their head, going, what's he on about? It's not my fault but, if people are stupid, ignorant, or informed, is it? But I thought you was meant to try and fit in. I don't care what you fucking thought. In <laughs> fact, you're the post boy. You're not paid to think. <laughs> Good. I'll happily take my. Oh, word okay. And fucking think again. While we're here, while we're here. Let's tell everyone about that box you got from our client this morning. Oh, wow. For those that are watching, <laughs> we do put these on YouTube. We haven't pushed it at all yet. So uh, I got some, not tough news, inconvenient news today that we won't be able to move into our new house tomorrow, today, when this comes out. Uh, and they've had to delay it a week. And uh, so I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, I've got to fucking sort this delivery out, talk to this cunt, talk to that cunt, look at this insurance. I'm all 
fucking fuck's sake logistics i can't be bothered dealing with logistics it's just beneath me anyway so all of a sudden i hear knock at the door and uh i'm at home with the parents and dad goes connor you want to try being more discreet next time don't you and i'm upstairs just trying to fucking work trying to sort this shit out dad what the fuck are you on about and in his hand he's sort of holding away from his body almost like it's a, a a newborn deformed baby or something that has just been given and uh, it's a box and it just says sat- say satisfying sex toys.com <laughs> all over it and i immediately go for fuck's sake that's not mine it's it must be a joke, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it must be a joke. exactly saying all of the worst things that you shouldn't be said it must be a joke just complete making myself look like an idiot and i said dad just let me take it i'm going to open it up but just in case you know the partners accidentally ordered something or anything along those lines let me take it he goes no everyone needs to see this so he calls my brother my mum everyone's coming look at what connor's got oh, i'm going yeah. dad it could be a big black dildo so i've got it off him i've taken it upstairs like what the fuck is this i've sliced it open opened it up bang straight in the face some little butterfly thing has just flown out immediately <laughs> swatted me right in the forehead and uh, yeah, at that point, I knew the game was on. We've opened it up and it says the surprise continues inside on a little leaflet. And uh, there's all of this packaging and I'm digging away at the packaging, whatever you call this shit for those that are watching. I see what looks like a potato. So I dig further and indeed, it's a it's fucking paper. massive potato that says, I love taps on. Zach sent it. What a legend. Fucking hilarious. A potato saying I love taps. I said to him, if only we could do taxidermy with potatoes. The funny thing is, the funniest thing is, Holly and I knew this was coming because that day you didn't turn up on the ops call. It was me, Holly and Zach, and Zach told us with great glee what was coming. He said, don't tell Connor. There's no way am I telling Connor. I want him to find out the hard way. I'm that kind of friend, you know? Yeah. And I tell you what, it uh, brightened my day up to, uh, to no end. And now I've got a fucking potato that says I love taps on. I want to preserve it, but there's no way of preserving a fucking potato. I don't know, you could freeze dry it, I suppose. If anyone's got any ideas on uh, how to freeze dry a potato or how, how to preserve a potato indefinitely, by all means get in touch and give you a free month in foundations if, if Connor takes you upon it. That's fair, isn't it? <laughs> that is more than fair. <laughs> so, yeah, where were we? Rules hey, and bad. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the way to avoid getting shitty clients. I mean... That answer with rules and boundaries in one shape, way, shape or form is the answer to a lot of fucking questions, you know? It sure is. It sure. I reckon we do the one minute hate, you know, and wrap this up, Johnny Boy. Okay. Well, quite appropriately, today I want to rant for a minute. (laughs) People who complain about their client, they know the answer, do nothing to change the situation and then still complain about them. We all know someone who's done this. We've all seen it online. I know we have. You know we certainly have. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you steady? I'm very steady. Look at that. It's pretty remarkable, mate. This time I'm going to do it a little bit different. I'm going to ask my uh, virtual assistant, well, AI, to do the timer. So, hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Start a timer for one minute. Right. People who complain about their clients, they know the answer, but you'll think to change the situation is to complain about them. I have seen this on LinkedIn all the fucking time. So here's what happens. You get a shitty client. Well, that's on you because you accepted them. You attracted them. You accept them. You allow them into your business. But then they fuck you over. They fuck you over because you've not set rules and boundaries. So they fuck you over and you don't like what they've done. What do you do? 
A, you tackle them, you take them to task and you sort out, or B, you go on LinkedIn and whine about it. Oh, I know, that's a great idea. Let's go whine about it. Why do you fucking do that? Why would you whine in front of your entire prospective fucking market of new clients? Why would you piss and moan about things you don't like when they're going to look at it and say, well, we won't work with him because he's a fucking pisser and a moaner. Why would you do that? The only thing you're going to do is get validation and nice comments from people who do not have anything to do with you or your business and are not going to be in your target market anyway. You will get support from people who are fucking irrelevant. Hey, Siri, thank you for shutting John up. (laughs) (laughs) Siri managed. Siri managed what no woman has ever managed before. (laughs) Do 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 you ever fucking say, hey, Siri, and it just doesn't work? So in the end, when it says, Rarely. oh, yeah, so, you know, I'm listening. You're a cunt. There's no need for that. <laughs> yeah, listen, see if I'm doing this one. Hey, Siri, you're a cunt. I won't respond to that. <laughs> see? Hey, Siri, you're a cunt. I won't respond to that. <laughs> hey, Siri, suck my cock. I won't respond to that. <laughs> hey, Siri, tell me a joke. Two drums and a cymbal. And then it starts playing music. Fucking Siri. (laughs) Hey Siri, tell me a good joke. What do you call a pop star in a snowstorm? I don't know. Chili Eilish. Oh, fucking hell. And on that note... I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche. Scaramouche. (laughs) Will you do the Fandango? Thunderbolt and lightning. (laughs) Very, very frightening me. Galileo. Galileo. (laughs) Galileo, Galileo, Galileo Figaro Magnifico. I'm just a poor assistant. Nobody loves me. It's just a poor assistant from a poor family. Shut up. Spare it its life from... One of the best songs ever, that. Who told you about that? I'm not telling you my secrets. I hacked it. Oh, really? You hacked it. I hacked it. Is that a sceptical look? No. (laughs) I can't tell. You know I can't tell. That is a very sceptical look. So it should be, because I'm making that up. I've read it somewhere, I don't remember. I feel like we should do this every week. At the end of every episode, ask Siri one obscure thing and see how she responds. Okay. Anyway, let's wrap this up. Yeah, okay. If you want to make more money with less work, less hassle, fewer headaches by attracting better clients, selling higher fees, and have a pipeline, a big turgid erect pipeline full of high quality spunky clients, Go to ottcollective.co.uk and join us in the Facebook group or email holly, holly at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk. In the meantime, stay safe, stay inside, wash your hands, do the fandango, and do not shit on your fingers. Goodbye. Goodbye.